really excited to be with you. I told, I stayed with, with Dick and Tamsel and told them I really feel an indebtedness in my heart for El Dorado and what God's done personally in my own life for this, this town and um, moved from Wichita to Hillsborough area this last year. And so I have a word on my heart that I feel has been for this region and feel God's doing something unique. And um, so I'm going to pray or sew it in and we'll just see. We're going to do some ministry at the end. And yeah, I just felt, I told Lizzie, I felt an increase of presence, John, being here today. I feel like we're asking for sure for revival, but I feel like in another sense it's here. There's something here, and I just want to honor it, what God's doing, Luke, and the worship, what you guys are stewarding, and so let's just keep asking. There is something more we're for sure asking for, but we're, we're in something, so praise God. So in the late 1800s, a sister in the Catholic Church named Elena was living in Italy, and she wrote, a series of letters to Pope Leo, encouraging that this Pope would invoke and and pray a blessing of the Holy Spirit over the Catholic Church. I think, Dick, she probably had to be a prophetic sister for her to do this, and she did it time after time, and, and a longer story, but in Pope Leo, he had this history or had this desire for unity. He desired that the church would become one. And so on January 1st, 1901, Pope Leo, I don't know your view of the Catholic church, but this is a true story. We are one church. You do believe that, right? We are one. He's coming back for all of us. And Pope Leo invoked the Holy Spirit over all of Christendom on January 1st, 1901. Not just over the Catholic Church, but over all of Christendom. He prayed a blessing, and he he prayed, and I believe he released the Holy Spirit. If you know your revival history, January 1st, It would have been a few hours later, I believe the dove of the Holy Spirit from this lady that was praying from Pope Leo's mouth was released and it came to Topeka. And on 1901 in Topeka, Kansas, a lady named Agnes, they'd been contending for the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. And it was the birth of the Pentecostal movement. You maybe know that story. You didn't know there was a story with the Catholic Church involved. And so Kansas has a history of the Holy Spirit. Charles Parham, who was a part of the leader of that movement, went to Houston. In Houston, a one-eyed African-American man named William Seymour could not even get into the door of the meetings, would stand outside the door as they talked about the filling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He heard this message. He went to Los Angeles. He met a white man named Frank Bartleman who was also praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Azusa revival started, I don't know if 1904, 1905. But it kind of first happened here in Kansas. Ten years later in the natural, in El Dorado, Kansas, the city of gold, the city of wealth, 
there was an oil boom. Also around this time, William Seymour prophesied that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit far greater than what had happened to Susa 100 years later. Others have prophesied that, that same word. In the 60s and the 70s, there was movements of the Holy Spirit in our country. You guys have heard of the Jesus movement, the Vineyard movement. Then in what, 1991, 1992, a man named Sam McVeigh comes, stirred with a vision for prayer and discipleship in lands in El Dorado. Starts praying here, calling the prayer meetings, drilling meetings, right? Praying three times a day. He goes to a, an oil, the oil museum, and feels like the Lord speaks to his heart. There was going to be a, an oil boom that was going to be part of this end-time revival. And so that's the history we all find ourselves in. We're 30 years into this prayer movement, and I believe the Lord's ready to pour out his revival. I believe we're on the verge of that. I, I don't have time to tell the rest of the story, but you can look at Kansas City. God is doing something in Kansas City. The send is happening in a couple of weeks on May 14th, and it, to me, is a sign of what God's doing. And so I've been reading the story of Elijah quite a bit, and so you can look in your Bibles. We're going to skip around, but 1 Kings 16, I'm just going to talk about this word. We, we know the story of Elijah Brother Jonathan's been having some fire on him. I listened to the word from a couple weeks ago, and he alluded to this story. And we know the story. The, the fire and the rain come. I believe revival is coming to El Dorado. It's coming to this region. It's coming to our state. It's coming to the world. We're in the middle of shakings. The shakings are going to increase, but revival's coming but I believe there's two things I want to point out in this story that I think God wants to do in this season in our hearts. There's two things he wants to do to prepare for what is coming. So the end of chapter 16, verse 30, said, Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of these before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel. He married uh, somebody of a false religion, a witch. Married somebody, whether it was for political alliances, for safety, for spiritual reasons, he marries Jezebel. And he began to serve Baal and worship him. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he bid in Samaria. Ahab did, made an Asherah pole and did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than all the kings of Israel before him. So Elijah the prophet in chapter 17 from Tishbe, he comes to, with the word of the Lord, says, The God of Israel lives whom I serve. There will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. So Elijah goes into hiding, who's carrying this word in a land that would be dependent on rain, dependent on for crops, for livestock. That would be a really big deal to not have any rain for three years, three and a half years. So fast forward, half a chapter, let's get to chapter 18. 
I wonder if you ever think of the spirit reigning over America, it seems like we're in these days of Elijah, aren't we? We're in crazy days. We've got movies coming out talking about boys being pregnant, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. Are we, it's like every week you're like, it, this really is really, it's really happening. And it's becoming normal to think this way. I'm just like, what is going on? But there is a spirit, there's something happening over our country to bring a massive confusion, to bring conflict, to steal a generation because the Lord's ready to return. And so we see the evils increasing. It says, after a long time, you maybe feel, Dick, that we've been in a long time. 30 years is a long time to pray for this. It's a long time. Contended, a lot of you have contended decades, decades. But the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he said, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send the rain in the land. And Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Ahab was a, a, certainly a wicked king, but I think that's a word for us. Um, I'm, I was, got to sit in with the elders and they're saying, we need to be continuing to pray. I think the Lord's saying, the rain's coming, so you guys need to present yourselves to Yahweh. I think there's a, a time where we're saying, Lord, we're, we've heard the words of the Lord, but it's now time to send the rain. I feel like we've got to get that word in our heart. It is now time. It says the Sam, famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab had summoned Obadiah's palace, a man administrator. Verse 4. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in the caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. So point number one, to see the revival, to see the Spirit of God move, there's a confrontation of witchcraft in the land. There is a showdown that God is doing, but and we see, I think this confrontation's coming. I think it's been building, but I think it's here. I don't like this part of the Christian walk. I would rather, I want revival. I want the party. I want the dancing. I want that worship time. But there's a part where I believe as intercessions, we will confront the spirit. I think we need to confront it in our own lives. I need to think we need to confront it in the land. And I think it's time. I think there's a time of confronting. And I think there's an attack that's coming on the prophetic because of what the prophetic carries. You guys know that, that words are some of the most powerful things that we have access to. Now, of course, when I say that, I mean the Holy Spirit's more powerful. But the very thing that I have access to are the words that come from my mouth. I can speak neutral words, right? We can just talk about burgers right now and food and sports, and those might be neutral words, correct? I can tell you about my family, and you're like, well, those are just, those, those are words that can be powerful. But, but I can speak under the glory and the government of God, and I can speak words that give life, or I can come under a false kingdom, a false narrative, a false story, 
and I can speak words that cause death. We know this from the Bible. We know this in our own lives. How many of us have had words that have hurt our hearts? All of us have. We've all heard that. And so I believe the destiny of every single believer is to carry the word of the Lord, to speak words of life, to be prophetic. It is the destiny. We see that in Joel 2 and Acts 2 that your sons and daughters will do what? Prophesy. Our sons and daughters will have visions and dreams. It's the destiny, it's the birthright to be a carrier of the presence of God, to be a friend of God, to speak simple words of encouragement, to know the Lord, to know his heart, and to go everywhere you go to speak these words of encouragement. That's all I'm talking about. When I'm talking about prophecy, you may have real visions and pictures like our brother, but I'm really actually talking about words of life, words of encouragement, words that flow from the heart of God. And that is for every single believer. It's your birthright. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit got deposited in you. And he said, I want you to carry my presence. And I want you to carry words of life everywhere you go. And the point of prophecy, do you guys know there's one great prophecy, one great word that we should all be doing it? Our brother talked about it. It says the spirit and the bride say what? Come. Come. That wasn't very good, church. The spirit and the bride say what? Come, we get to prophesy that. We should groan and say, Jesus, I'm longing for you. Come, that is a prophetic word. It's prophecy. Kids, we can say that. You can all be prophetic. You can say, Jesus, come back. This isn't normal. Come, Jesus, I'm prophesying. Come back. This is what we're called to do. And there's something specific in our tribe of disciple nations, the El Dorado, Quip, Wichita, Hillsborough, that we're called to do. We're to carry this word. But I've got news to tell you, there's great attack on this. Incredible attack. There is a spirit, a witchcraft spirit. I'm going to use this. I'm going to talk about this for a second. Hold on with me, okay? Is this okay if we just talk about this? There is a spirit. Is it a Jezebel spirit? I don't know all the names. I just know this. There is a principality. The devil does not want you to do what I just said. He does not want Jesus to come back. And so he is going to do everything he can to use words to get us confused, to get us in bondage, to get us destroyed so we don't get in unity as a bride groaning together, say, Jesus, come back. That is what prophecy is about. Yes, I love giving words. Yes, it's great, Eric. It's fun doing it for each other. That's not the deal, though. The full thing is that I'd be unity together all over America, all over the world. We'd be one bride saying, Jesus, come back. And finally, something will tip. And he's like, all right, you guys are in unity and love, and I'm ready to come back. But there's something else happening. This spirit does not want this. And so there is great attack on those that carry this gift. There's a great attack on the church that says we believe in this gift. 
We're going to exercise this gift. And we're going to train on this gift. I believe that El Dorado Equip in El Dorado, Kansas, has a very, very unique calling in the state of Kansas to be, I'm going to say it, a company of prophets. I believe that God has deposited in the DNA of this town to be a carrier of the presence of God. And there's going to be something released. I'm going to say more of this word, but that, I believe, something very unique for El Dorado. And I believe the last years, there's been great attack on whether we're going to actually step into this and really go for it, right? Not attack that we believe that, but an attack from seeing that happen. See, the, the, the thing of the words, see, the enemy will do anywhere to infiltrate. He will get in our thoughts. He gets in doctrines. He can get into, he works his way in. He gets disunity. He'll get in words to question what I'm saying. He gets in our family lines. He gets on our minds. He causes confusion. He gets in our dreams. He gets in our sexuality. He comes because the thief does what? To do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And he does not play fair. He does not wait till he's 18, till you become a legal adult and say, okay, now it's on. He starts at a very young age. My friend Jesse, who carries a strong prophetic spirit, preaches with authority, faced this attack with his own dreams and his own warfare from an early age. My own life I've seen, in my own life I've, had, I've struggled with fog, confusion, attack on my mind to be clear. I've had health struggles. My guess, if you carry this spirit, you've faced this attack at a deep level. And so I just want to say it's, it's part of the deal. It's part of a deal to go for something, to carry his word, to carry his heart. We have to endure. Sometimes we have wilderness seasons. The temptation is to think we're crazy, to not believe it, and pull back just a little bit and play it safe. That is the enemy's goal. He, he would want you just to be a really good Christian. If he, if he can't keep you lost, he would just want you to pull back just a little bit, just enough. So we need to take our stand. And then my second point, we have the confrontation. Elijah went, he was called this troublemaker, right? And out of that, he, he, he confronted and he said, do not, we must not eat at Jezebel's table anymore. Let me say one more point. If we want to carry this spirit, there is a, 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 a holy consecration. The Lord talks to me a lot. I, I wrestle with this. It's not easy. He calls me to eat certain foods, fasting at different times. And I, it, it, I'm just being really honest. My flesh does not like this. 
Like there's times I got to get off media and I'm just telling you, I don't actually like it. I don't like, I, I like to be holy to a point, but not uber consecrate. I'm just like being on, my flesh would rather not. I've got to be off sugar. That's my one thing. And I like sugar. And so like this week, I've had to repent. I had ice cream again. And it's like, dang. And the Lord doesn't ever get mad at me. He's just like, if you want to carry this, this is the deal for you. So I don't know what your place is at Jezebel's table, at this place. It's a table of comfort. And here's the deal. We're all Americans. We all love comfort at some level. We just are all part of it. And I don't know what your place is, but the Lord is saying, push yourself away from that table and come and eat with me. So before the rain, one last verse. After all the taunting, after all the the prophets of Baal tried to get fire to come, it didn't, and then verse 30. Elijah said to all the people, come here. And they came to him and said, he repaired the altar of the Lord. And so I'm just going to mention this for the sake of time so I can pray and minister. But I believe that, Dick, you're right. It's the altar of our heart, isn't it, that God wants? I think it's the altar of our hearts and it's the altar of the family. And so for the rain to come, for the fire to come, I think we're in a season all over the the West. We're being refined and he wants our hearts at a new level. I think the COVID experiment that whatever happened exposes is like, actually, we don't, we actually fight, right? We just actually don't do very well when we're just persecuted a little bit. It just exposed things in us, didn't it? As a church, I'm not maybe saying everybody in here. I'm just, as a church, we all grumbled a little bit and we started pointing fingers and we just fought a lot. And I think the Lord's like, yeah, I, I need your hearts repaired. I need your altar repaired. I need you to repent. I need humility and I need the families restored. And so I'm just gonna leave that. We can, we can pray into that, but I believe God's wanting to restore the altar of our hearts. So just allow the Lord, if you're in a season of that, just allow him to do that. It's a beautiful and a painful work. But he wants to do it. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to restore your family. It's something I'm contending in my own family for. I've had warfare in my own family over the sin. And so I just, the only thing, let me just say one thing about that. There is really only one way to repair the altar of your heart and in your family, it's for you to repent. It's for you to die of things and repent and come into agreement with the word of the Lord. It is not a time to try to defend yourself, to try to make your point to the Lord, to make your point to the accuser that you've had. Like we so want to defend ourselves, don't we? And the Lord's like, would you just die? Would you just repent? There have been... I have repented to my son hundreds and hundreds of times. Jesse was, was meeting with him and, and he spoke and he said, he said, said, Ethan, how many times has your dad repented to you? And he's like, I don't know, all the time. <laughs> and I know my son doesn't like it. He's like, I know in his heart, he's like, dad, can't you just get it right? Can't you actually just treat me better? But see, we've got, 
you know, it's just conflict. And we, we're both prophetic. We're both intense. We're both loud. We know how to poke each other. And, and Jesse just affirmed and said, it's not normal for dads to repent, right? But what if we did, church? What if, as dads and mom, we just repented. We just said, I'm broken. Would you love me? And then we, out of that, for sure, speak words of life to our kids. See, the Lord wants to restore his families, and he will do it with our what? Our words. Words of repentance, words of life. And so mom and dads, if you're in here and you find it's like working with a family and, and the mom's in a new place of repenting. So let me pray. And then I'm gonna minister a little bit. John, does that sound good? So Jesus, come Holy Spirit. God, we long again for this rain and the fire of you, God. We, we know that Jesus, you wanna bring the oil of the Spirit. And so, God, start first in our hearts. Start first in our hearts, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to read a word that I typed up for El Dorado, and then I'm going to pray over a few of us, and then we'll be done. Are you guys doing okay? I know it's, we're, we're good on time, right? So I felt this for you guys. Um, I do believe I've heard the, the phrase, new era. Dick and I were talking about it. We're, we're in a new era of the kingdom and we haven't fully seen it. We haven't fully seen where we're going because we're still in the middle of a transition from an old wineskin to a new. But God um, is indeed changing the understanding and expression of Christianity in one generation. That's Mike Bickle's phrase. God has a very <clears throat> special calling and destiny on El Dorado. There are vast riches, abundance, and opportunity. The gold, this town was named right. There is gold and oil in this town. The oil in the 1915 to 20s was just a foreshadowing of what is to come. The Lord has an end time story and destiny for this, for, for El Dorado. God is raising up, I use the word mission base, apostolic bases. They're training centers all over the world, um, regions of his glory, regions of his presence that steward and carry his presence. And I believe this is what's happening in Kansas. See it at least in five areas. When I think of Wichita, I think of this, Wichita is the training and the sending base. There's something unique about Wichita that's in Antioch. There's something in Wichita, people are being sent out. But I believe, which, as I said, Eldorado is the company of prophets. There's something unique that Eldorado will carry in the presence of God, that will carry the voice of God. They're going to carry the heart of God. So I think, um, I think that's why you guys are leading John and Lizzie and not Sam here. You guys are, are a prophetic couple together. And God has equipped you both with this gifting and anointing. I think, Dick, it's why you, you guys are here, Brian and Amy, many others, why you're being sent here to steward the presence of the Lord. I think there's going to be lots of wealth and then business here. That's the other side of it. So there's the prophetic and the presence, but there's something unique with the businesses here. Brian, I think again, another reason why you're here, the entrepreneur, I think there's going to be ideas and inventions that are going to be here. And there's going to be a hub. There's going to be a center of, of wealth that's going to be birthed here. It's already happening in seed form. 
But I'm, I think, like, when I'm given this sort, I think it's 10 years out. 50, I mean, I don't know what starts in these years. But as things get so shaken and so change, there's going to be real strategies. There's going to be a town of golden wealth here. And yet there is massive attack over this. Massive attack over the destinies of families, over the prophetic. There's attack of hearing his voice. So we need to stay connected to the Lord with fasting and praying and declaring the destiny of God over El Dorado. Lastly, it's an end time oil center. So if you have felt the attack in a unique way over your family line, if you felt it over hearing God's voice over your mind, if you felt this attack in this season, I want you to stand and I want to pray over you. If you felt attack over the prophetic, attack over carrying your heart, carrying your destiny, and you're in a season of it, stand, I'm going to pray. Like the Lord wants to set some of us free today. So Jesus, we pray over those standing. I pray over minds. Pray over dreams that have been attacked. Confusion. Just anything from the enemy that has came to to steal, kill, and destroy. That have came to harm. That have attacked family lines. We come again. We just come as a church and we say, Jesus, break through. Jesus, break through in the name of Jesus. Break through the mental fatigue, the mental struggles, the, the warfare at night. God, the, the, the impurity that some of us have had to face, the, the lustful thoughts, God, that we just like, we keep repenting, but Jesus, we need help. We need a rewiring of our mind, a rewiring of our thinking, God. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help the young men here that are standing, specifically the young men. Touch them, God. Have mercy on them. Set them free, God. God, those that have had family members fall away, those that have lost in these last seasons, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, restore family lines. God, we ask for a restoration of sons and daughters. We ask they would come home. We pray, God, El Dorado Equip would be a place of restoration would be a place of restoration. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. God, we thank you for the prophetic singing that comes out of Luke and Jonathan and many others. God, we ask for prophetic songbirds to come forth. Prophetic singing, to sing, singing at the bride. and the, We just want to partner Spirit and the bride say, come. We ask for songs to be birthed from El Dorado. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. We honor what you are going to do in El Dorado these next 10 years. God, the destiny on this town. Protect it, God. In your name, amen. All right, brother. Thank you. Bless you all. Let's stand together. If you would, Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I pray.
all that was said, Lord, let it go deep into our hearts. Let your will be done in El Dorado, Lord. Let your kingdom come in El Dorado here, God. Bless these brothers and sisters as we go this week, Lord. Protect them, Lord. Fill them freshly with the Holy Spirit. I pray for a new hearing, a sharpening of hearing your voice for all of us here, Lord. And words of encouragement, Lord, that we would be a prophetic people and they would flow forth from us in a new way in this next season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you all. Have a good week.